Um, so just a few announcements. One being, you know, the month of July is going to look a little different this week, or this week, this, this year. See? <laughs> um, now, as you see, uh, well, Bruce is on vacation this week, so he and uh, Debbie, they were helping um, her sister. Uh, you remember the brother-in-law who fell off the shooting stand? And uh, Well, it's been a year, and they're having that same event, and so they're down there helping with, with that event uh, down there. I told Bruce, I said, stay off of any platform. <laughs> don't climb them. Don't do it. <laughs> um, so, but, uh, but anyhow, they're down there helping with that. Um, and now brother Danny is going to be speaking, um, next Sunday on the fourth. Uh, then the following Sunday, brother Iman is going to be here. You remember he is our missionary to the Muslim community in the DC area who is now moving back to his home in Bethlehem. He is moving back. He feels the Lord has called he and his family to go back there. A lot of people are trying to leave there. Not many are trying to go back. Anyhow, he'll be here to, to speak to us on the 18th and give us an update there. Then on the, what is it? The Yeah, no, that's the 11th. And the 18th, Brother Mihai will be here. Remember our missionary to Romania and the mission there. And the 25th, we'll have a combined Spanish English service. So we gave Brother Bruce the month off. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> he will not be here. He may pop in, but it just seemed like with missionaries coming in and everything, it was an opportune time to say, Brother, you've been preparing messages, writing a term paper every week, um, you know, doing a daily devotional and everything, and Sometimes it would be good just maybe to have some time to sit back and rewind and, and, and all. And so it seemed like a good time to do that. He's only been here, what, 19 years. So, you know, give him a few days off. So, um, But anyhow, I wanted to let you all know that. And it's good to see some some returning faces here. You know, it's, it's, it's good to see you all. Um, have some other good news in the month of August. Guess what we're going to do on the third Sunday? We're going to eat. Well, potlucks are back. <laughs> we will have the third Sunday potluck starting August, the third Sunday in August. So uh, there have been several people asking. It's like, we couldn't do it in July, uh, but we will do it in August. The, actually, the camp where we normally had the picnic there, for some reason, they are booked up. Um, they seem to be very, very busy. Um, also, the youth are going to be at Scott and Katie's tonight at, uh, well, this afternoon, 4 to about 8, uh, pool party and having a little fun there. Um, tomorrow, uh, Moira is going to be doing the, the reading at the playground, so at 7 o'clock. So bring your children, your grandchildren, grab the neighbor's kids, or as long as they give you permission. <coughs> that... Uh, you can do that. And, and also DIA. Um, now, Brother Rick will be doing that originally. Bruce was going to do it. And, well, speak of the Rick, and there he is. <laughs> uh, uh, but he will be doing the DIA sessions uh, as uh, starting on Wednesday. Um, one more thing. There is a movie that's going to be at the point. Uh, Church in Charlottesville is called uh, Break Every Chain. 
Um, the writer of the book and the producer is a local Christian police officer, um, and I, I haven't seen it or anything. But anyhow, I just got an email uh, about uh, they wanted to let everyone know that it will be uh, July 10th. There will be three viewings of it. I think there's one at noon and another one at 4-ish and then 7-ish, and tickets are $20. But just wanted to let you all know all of that. So is there any other announcement that I wasn't made aware of that we need to let everyone know? Anything real quick? Okay. Well, good. All right. Let's open with prayer then. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for all that you do for us each and every day, Lord. We just we just thank you for the, the fact that you allow us to to come here as, as your family, Lord, that we are your children, your, your sons and daughters. Lord, we just thank you for being a father who loves us so much. Lord, we thank you for your word that you've given us, that we can hear directly from you. You, you have written us a love letter. And Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who lives within us, who helps us to discern and to understand all of the things that are fleshly human mind does not and so lord at this time i ask that it just be your words that come through my mouth that will come out to whomever needs to hear whatever message it is that you have for them it's in your son's jesus name i pray amen all right um now last week y'all were given a book or some of you the men were for father's day everybody read it you did yeah well that makes two of us (laughs) um but it was actually, it, it hit on a topic that I had been, been thinking about and, and all. And so uh, I thought, well, for those who maybe didn't, I'll, I'll give you a, a little condensed version of it. But it, it is a good one to read. Um, but every day in our life, we, we are bombarded with information, aren't we? You know, there there are voices, I mean, you, you know, from your phone, from your TV, from the radio, from the people around you, all around, uh, there's information, there's these voices coming at you. And what I titled uh, the message today is, whose voice are you listening to? Because I don't know how many of y'all have ever played sports, you know, Little League, you know. I remember, you know, as a little kid, you know, you, it's time to bat. And you walk up to the plate, and there's this guy behind the plate whose mouth is just running. <laughs> He's telling you how good the pitcher is, and, you know, your shoes are untied, and how you're not going to be able to hit the ball, and, you know, you, all of these things. And the first baseman is harassing you, you know, down there, telling you that, come on, try and make it here. You're not going to get it. We're going to get you out anyhow. You know, all of these things, you know, everybody in the outfield is going, easy out, easy out. And then from the bleachers, you got all these parents that are getting fanatical up there, you know, they're screaming and hollering, and your parents are, you can do it, come on, you know, and then you got the coach over, keep your eye on the ball, son, keep your eye on the ball, wait for the right pitch, and, you know, all of these voices coming at you, and you're going, okay. (laughs) And then you got that one other voice that's in your head, (laughs) you know, that's telling, I can do this, yes, yes, I can do this, keep your eye on the ball, don't listen to the bad people, listen to the good people, (laughs) And, and you're, you know, you're just trying to make sure that you're listening to what you need to hear and you're filtering out what you don't need to hear. 
Now, in that situation, you knew everything coming from the opposite team was always going to be negative, you know, and you knew what was going to be coming from your coach and from your parents was going to be positive. You know, that was going to be the good stuff. But it's not always that easy to determine that in life. So today I wanted to talk about, you know, those voices that we hear. Um, Proverbs 15.2. Now, you're not going to have scripture and everything up because it's going to bounce around. But anyhow, Proverbs 15.2 says, The tongue of the wise makes knowledge pleasant, but the mouth of fools spouts foolishness. That makes sense. And then in the fourth verse is a soothing tongue is a tree of life, but perversion in it crushes the spirit. How many times have people said something, just a little something, and made you feel so good? And other times people have said just a little something and made you feel like you should crawl under a rock somewhere. You know, with words... They have an impact. And James 3.8 says, But no one among mankind can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. You know, there, there are some people out there that, that's, that's true. They just have a way of just slicing and dicing their way through people with their tongue. But, in all of that, I was reading in Mark. Mark 4. Verses 10 through 20. And it's the purpose of the parables. Jesus has been talking, teaching in parables. And, you know, the disciples are questioning this. And when, when I read this, it there's one part of it that just kind of made me go, what? I hadn't really paid attention to that before. Verse 10, it says, And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see but not perceive and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Now to me, initially you go, now wait a minute, Weren't all the parables so people could understand it better and, and, and they could be saved, right? That's not what Jesus said, is it? He said, lest they should turn and be forgiven. In verse 13 he says, And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. This ties in to the book. If you haven't gotten it, there's a box of them back there, grab it and, and read it. But And the book's titled as Four Voices. And when you really think about it, that's really what we're hit with, four voices. The first voice, and as the passage continues, it says, when they hear Satan, when they hear, excuse me, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. These are the ones that are sown on rocky ground. So the first voice that we have to watch out for is the voice of Satan. How do we know that's it? Okay, when, when, is, when is Satan speaking to me? Um, think about the times in the scripture where Jesus was tempted by Satan upon the mount. What did Satan do? 
He tried to get Jesus to doubt God, his father, and his word. Even used scripture, tried to use scripture against him, didn't he? You know, jump off the cliff. You know, doesn't, doesn't, the, doesn't the scripture say the angels will bear you up? Well, isn't that what God said? You know, think about it, folks. Satan has been around a long time. He knows the Bible forwards and backwards. He knows it better than any, any human being on this earth. And he will twist it to, his, to try and use it to his advantage. And he did that with Eve. You know, we, we, we know the story how, you know, came to Eve and said, you know, did God really say you couldn't eat from that tree? She said, well, no, you know, he said we could eat of any tree in the garden except that one, and we can't even touch it. And that's when Satan went, oh, she, doesn't, she didn't really pay that close attention because she added to it. And that's when he said, no, that's not really what will happen. You surely won't die. We, we've heard that. Um, the difference between Eve and Jesus was Jesus was, was God, but, but he understood the scripture. He understood everything. Eve didn't as much. But also, think about Job. What did Satan do when he tempted Job? First thing he did was he went to God and asked permission. And why is that? Because Satan does not have power over you unless God allows it. And now that was Old Testament. As in the New Testament, as a Christian, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you cannot... You cannot be possessed by a demon. You can be harassed, like the first baseman, the outfielders, and everyone else. You can be tormented a little bit, you know, verbally and, and whatever, but you cannot be possessed. When Satan is speaking, here's how you'll know it is him. Because it is going to be a direct attack on God and his word. It will directly attack, try and attack your belief in who God really is and what he really said. It's going to try and get you to doubt, well, did God really say that? Did he really mean that? Oh, I'm not sure. That's Satan's influence trying to get at you. You know, Satan has a personal vendetta against God. Why is that? He has no opportunity for redemption. Absolutely zero. Every other person on this earth has an opportunity. We have the ability to accept Jesus. He does not. He knows he's going down and he's going to try and drag any and all he can with him. Because he has nothing to lose. Absolutely nothing. So be aware of that. Whenever something attacks God's word, tries to twist it, tries to twist your faith in who God really is. Well, is he really that power? Does he really? That is a satanic attack. That is a satanic voice that is trying to influence you. Then it goes on, it says... The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. 
and they have no root in themselves. But they endure for a while, and then tribulation or persecution arises on the account of the word, and immediately they fall away. Hmm. This is a voice that's the one in your head. That one that we talk to ourselves and, and all. Because Galatians 5.17 says, For the desire of the flesh is against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, in order to keep you from doing whatever you want. What is our fleshly desire? To do what I want to do. Parents, we have kids that want to do what they want to do. Guess what? You were those children once upon a time. And you wanted to do what you wanted to do. And you didn't want to do what you didn't want to do. All of those things, that's our flesh. We have these voices in our head that are telling us, you don't want to do that. That might be uncomfortable. Um, you know, when I was in the military, they made me do a lot of uncomfortable things. I didn't really want to do it, but you do it. Because, well, that's what you have to do. You know, in that case, it was the right thing to do. In the case with us and God and the Spirit, the Spirit is going to tell us to do things and we may not want to do that because we might feel uncomfortable. And boy, we don't like being uncomfortable. Too hot, too cold, too wet, <laughs> too, too whatever. Um, but how do we know when, it, when, it's, when it's our flesh, you know, when we're talking to ourselves? Because it's usually an emotionally motivated conversation of, I don't like this, I don't want that. I'm afraid of that. Um, all of all of these things of how we just are choosing to not do what we know we should do. Now, how many times have you talked to yourself and talked yourself out of something? Many times, right? Um. But then there's also where we talk to ourselves and we have to be careful because there are those voices in our head that tell us that we're not, and you can add in, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you're not nice enough, you're not, and, and just keep adding everything that goes through your head that stops you from doing the things that you really need to. God gave us a free will. He gave us the ability to make choices. Um, I guarantee that you know yourself better than anyone else. My wife knows me better than any other person. That's why our children don't like us to be partners in certain games. Because <laughs> we think a lot alike. <laughs> we spend a lot of time with each other. But does she know absolutely everything about me? Not really. Not everything. You only know, you know, I saw that. <laughs> like, really, she doesn't know everything. Doesn't know everything that I think. 
doesn't know, you know, we, we, we don't share everything. You know, God does know everything. You know, he, know, he does know what's in our mind and, and all. But, but that's just it. We have to know our own mind and be able to recognize when the voice in our head is steering us away from what the Spirit wants us to do. Um, when it is our mind speaking, it's usually trying to steer us towards being comfortable, doing what we want to do, and we will find a way to justify it because I don't want to do the other thing. So recognize that. In verse 18 it says, And then there are ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke out the word, and it proves unfruitful. Colossians 2.8 says, see, that it, see to it that there is no one who takes you captive through philosophy, empty deception, in accordance with human tradition, in accordance with the elementary principles of the world, rather than in the accordance with Christ. You know, we all have our own version of all kinds of things, what we think. Um, the world wants you to fit in with them. The world won't necessarily directly attack God. The world won't necessarily try and make you feel comfortable. The world just wants you to fit in with them. So that way they all feel like, well, we're okay because we're all together here. You know, we're all doing this, so we're good. You know, it's okay. Um, and that's how the world operates. It's, it's this big organism that is constantly telling you, you know, what you should wear and what you should drive and what you should buy and where you should live and how you should act and how you, you know, all of these things that just fit into the mold of what everyone else is doing, whatever the culture is, what, what's going on. Um, I love it when, when sometimes uh, I've, I've, Bruce and I and probably every pastor um, has had people come up to him and say, you know what the Lord told me this morning you should do? Has anyone ever told you that or said, you know what I think you ought to do? They have that advice of, of, of what you should do. Now, usually when someone's, uh, when, and I tell people, be careful when you add the Lord in there because I talk to him every day. He hasn't mentioned it to me. If he's telling it to you, it's probably because he's talking to you and you're, and it's your flesh trying to divert it somewhere else. It's like maybe this is something for someone else to do. But, you know, when, when you think about that, you go, hmm, you know, that, that seems like an uncomfortable thing for me to do. I'll tell the pastor to do it. <laughs> Or I'll tell someone else to do it. Um, but when, when we go through times like this, um, knowing what is trying to influence us, because whether it be at work, I mean, for some of you, maybe the world doesn't affect you that much. You're, you're one of those... I'm a nonconformist, <laughs> you know. I am not going to do what everybody else is doing just because I don't want to be like everyone else. Okay, that's great. Um, 
but some of you may work somewhere, may you know be involved with things that you're constantly being bombarded by everyone else trying to get you to go somewhere, to do something, to hang out with, to, you know, the list goes on and on. But the world will try and get you to hang out with them so that they can say, well, they're just like me. We're all normal. We're good. So those are the three voices we have to watch out for. Satan, real easy to identify. He attacks God directly, has a personal vendetta. Our flesh, we just want to be comfortable. We don't want to do the things that would make us not really want to. Like, God, I don't want to go talk to that person. You know, I might not have the right things to say to that person to witness to him. That's when it comes down to, I'll have the pastor talk to him. <laughs> right? Like, and then the world who goes, come on, let's party, let's have a great time. All will be good. You know, come take this job, you'll make a lot of money. You'll work so hard that you'll never see your family and you'll never have time to do anything, but you'll make a lot of money. That's what the world says. Take the promotion, you know, move and do it. You know, all these things. That's what the world says. The good news is, as as it finishes here, it says that to, let me get to the next page um, the good news is the voice of the spirit in verse 20 it says but those who were sown on good soil are the ones who hear the word accept it and bear fruit 30 fold 60 fold 100 fold you know, Galatians 5, 23, we're talking fruit of the Spirit. What's the fruit? What's the first fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, then peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there's no law. You don't get put in prison for doing that, for being that way. But let's not forget the next two verses, 24. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's directly relating to that flesh and the spirit budding together. It says, for if we live by the spirit, let us follow the spirit as well. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another or envying one another. You know, the voice of the Holy Spirit will speak clarity to us. It will help us understand God's word and who God is. You know, when, whenever you want to read the Bible, the first, first thing foremost, ask God to help you understand it. Because our own human mind cannot understand the things of God. Science has, still has not figured out all of the mysteries of the universe. You know, they, they know more than they did 50 years ago or 100 years ago. Although some people still believe the earth is flat. <laughs> There's still flat earthers out there, you know, even though. But the reality is we are still trying to figure out everything that God has made. How it's, you know, how everything fits together. 
You know, how big is the universe? You know, I've, I've said it many times. It's like, you know, in, in the Bible where, where God, you know, tells um, Abraham that, you know, his descendants will be as numerous as the grains of sand on the sea or the stars in the heaven. You know, on a good night, you look up in the, in the sky and you go, okay, you know, I could probably count the stars that I can see. But I could also scoop up a whole handful of sand, and if you counted all those grains, go, well, okay, there's more sand in my hand than there are stars that I can see. That was before we went into space and had telescopes that could see far, 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 far beyond where we sit right here. God's word is always true. It always has been in science always proves it so real science does oh so the spirit is going to lead us in god's will sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable whether it's in your job or or whatever there there's times where you end up doing things that you don't really like it's not comfortable it's not fun but guess what you end up doing it why because it's the right thing to do that's what you're supposed to do um, we have direct contact to God through prayer and we have the ability to hear directly from him through his word I think it would have been pretty awesome and scary at the same time to have been in the Old Testament times and been one of the prophets who actually heard God's voice. I mean, could you imagine that? It's like, you know, that's why they dropped to their knees, fell on their face and went, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, because just with his voice, they understood in whom's presence they were in. And they knew, I, I am not worthy to be here. We have that in, in his scriptures. Now... What we have to realize here, and, and going back to that part of the scripture where it says, and he allowed them to be deceived. It says, 2 Thessalonians 2, uh, chapter 2, 10, verses 10 and 12. And it says, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish... Because they did not accept the love of the truth, so as to be saved. For this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false. In order that they may be judged who did not believe in the truth, but took pleasure in wickedness. God gave us the ability to make choices. He gave us a free will. That was one thing that he gave us that he did not give the plants and the animals and, and things like that. Yes, animals can make choices and stuff. We have the choice to be able to love God or not. And some people will choose no, given multiple opportunities. If any of us could figure out the right verses to say in the correct order at the right time and et cetera, et cetera. You know, if you've been through the Romans road and many other witnessing type tools, 
there is no way that you can make someone believe who Jesus is and what he did. They get to make that choice. And ultimately, God does say that he is going to allow them the desires of their heart. How many times have you heard you know, some of these prosperity preachers talk, say, God wants you to have the desires of your heart. What if the desires of your heart are wicked? He will give that to you. He will give that to whomever. And they will be judged by that. Um, but the emphasis is they didn't want the truth. They didn't want to believe who God really was. And that's sad. As, as, the, as those of us who understand who God is, who understand what he's done for us, what he, I mean, created all of this stuff. You know, think about the things that you enjoy in life. Just the simple pleasures. God made that for us. He knew we'd like it. You know, whether you like to go fishing or whether you, you know, like to just look at the stars, whether you, no matter what it is, God created our being to enjoy his creation. Um, so we need, we need to make sure that we, we remember that. Um, but just remember the Spirit's going to speak clarity to us. will give us understanding. You know, whenever you're in doubt, call on God, and, and he will give it to you. He really will. And if you're confused about things, it's usually because you're really, really not listening to the Spirit. You're probably listening, most of the time, to that voice in your head that tells you, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You don't have the light. You don't. Have, you know. God will tell you, or Satan will tell you, and, and and your own mind will tell you, you don't have the right relationship with God. That's why He's not speaking to you. No. Open the Bible. He will speak to you right then and there. Absolutely every time. Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. At our worst, at our absolute nastiest worst, he said, I love you, no matter what. So remember that. He is a God of love. He is a God who wants us with him in heaven. But he also wants us to want it. And we have to make that choice that we want it. And if there's anybody here that's not sure about that, I would love to talk to you later. Call me. Come see me. Now, later, whenever. All right? Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so very much for the word that you gave us. Lord, your, your, your scriptures, the, the stories, the parables... Lord, sometimes when we, we read things and we see things, we, we do. We, th we, we get maybe a little bit confused. And it's because we're not fully understanding who you are. It's like you do love us, but you love us so much that, that you allow us to make choices, even if they are bad choices. As parents, we, we understand that. It, it's hard to see a child make, it, make a choice that 
you, you're sure is wrong. Um, and I know as, as the perfect father, you see that and, and it just breaks your heart. But Lord, we just, we just come to you today and ask that you would help us as those who profess to be your children, who profess to follow you, that you will help us to be a witness to those who maybe haven't heard yet or maybe have heard, but if they haven't ultimately rejected you, still have the opportunity to turn towards you. Help us to be able to, to point them in that direction. So, Lord, thank you for your blessings that you give to us each and every day, those that we take for granted so often. Thank you for loving us, your grace and your mercy, and, and thank you for your son, Jesus, in whom's name I pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs>